Welcome to Wahaha Cast, episode 35. I'm Chris Kirby, and with me is David, the Turnpike of Terror, Simonton. <laughs> hey, Chris. How are you, Turnpike? I got, I got nothing. Turnpike of Terror. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know how to comment on that. It sounds like a really bad... But that's what I am today. It sounds like a really bad 80s Turnpike horror movie. <laughs> I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I watched Amityville Thanksgiving, so... Amityville Thanksgiving? Yeah, it's it's sort of a almost a inside joke in low budget horror movies to put Amityville in front of anything. <laughs> sort of like uh, making any type of shark movie now low budget. Um, it, it's just right. that's what they do. There's this low budget company, and they're the they are Amityville Thanksgiving and the one before it, Amityville Hex, made by the same people, are the two worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Not not in a good way. Work. I mean, you know, just. You know, most of them are so bad, they're good. These are just the worst movie. There's no effort put into them at all. So I wouldn't <laughs> recommend watching Amityville Thanksgiving. I know you were going to. I, you know, you broke my heart when you told me not to watch it. I know. I know. Well, I mean, you can. So what have you been reading? Because it's been a few weeks. I've read a lot uh, of uh, not counting new comics. I've read... Um, the Haunt of Fear EC Archives uh, trade paperback volume one. Uh, that stuff's always really wordy, but always really good. Um, I have read Iron Fist Epic Collection volume one that starts with his first appearances, uh, works their way into his own comic book. Those were really good. Uh, Chris Claremont and John Byrne did quite a few of them in there, mm -hmm. um, but every issue was was good. Um, Neonomicon, which was... Uh, a mini series by Avatar Press, I believe, written by Alan Moore, drawn by Jason Burroughs. Um, it's Lovecraftian stuff. Um, you know, if if you're used to reading Alan Moore as as we both are, if if you read something like this, um, it's sort of it sort of throws you off because it's like, well, this is like uh, you know, an indie comic book, sort of a low budget, not not low budget. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, though. yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and, and you know, it's like, well, this does seem like Alan Moore, but at the same time, it doesn't because we're used to the Watchmen and, you know, right. Swamp Thing and all that. So, you know, I, I read a couple issues many years ago when it first came out and I had no idea what to think. And I, I didn't buy all of them. But then I went back and reread the trade paperback and I absolutely loved it. So it's it's bizarre. I read uh, Mage, the Hero Defined, volume two of right the hero defined that's always good stuff i need to go uh, back and wait amazing that's the second yeah that's the second story arc right yes yes that's, that's the one that i didn't like and i need to go back and reread it it's not as good as the first arc i um, thought the third one was have, you've read the third one is that the newest one that came yeah. out a few years ago yeah yeah, yeah, I read that. Yeah, I, that I, was cool. I think it goes um, for me. It goes from the the first. The first one is by far the best. Uh, oh yeah. Then the third one, and then the second one for me. But I need to go back and I'm, I mean, it's been twenty years at least since I read uh, Hero Defined. Yeah, I, and yeah. The first one was just brilliant, and then 
you know, if you keep anything going, it sometimes loses some of that brilliance, but it was it's still good. I still like it. And I love Matt Wagner. Yeah. Um, all right. I've read a amazing Spider-Man epic collection assassination, which is a lot of the McFarlane stuff after number 300. I, you know, David, I, I'm going to, this is not how you pronounce his name, but I can never remember how to pronounce it, but David Michelini or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Not my, yeah. not my favorite um, writer. No. Nope. Uh, very bland writer with very bland storylines. And, uh, you know, McFarlane's art at the time. I mean, it was interesting to look at. So, I mean, it was fun to read. I, you know, that's that's about as far as I can take it. It was fun to read. But um, next was Amazing Spider-Man Epic Collection, Round Robin, uh, same writer. And then uh, Mark Bagley got on the book right then. So, eh, you know, there, it, it pretty much every issue had a team up and six issues of it was an Al Milgram written story oh. teaming up with like Moon Knight and Punisher and Night oh, Thrasher and, this is and bad. Dark Hawk. It was... This is bad. Right, exactly. It's got Dark Hawk, yes. so that... Also that. read... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's not going anywhere with that. Um, I read Jim Balance, uh, Tarot, uh, Volume <laughs> 9, Trade Paperback. If you like boobs... Life preservers. If you like boobs... Life um, that's, preservers. That's yes. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because Maria actually started reading it before I did uh, a couple of years ago, and she liked it. And then I started reading. I'm like, well, you know, it takes place in Salem, and I love Salem, and it, it's again, it's booby. So I'm like, okay. And then uh, then Mike started reading them because of the booby. So it's it's a weird thing. It's something that I would have made fun of three years ago and before, and I did make fun of you know TNA comics. But for some reason, there's something about this that interests me other than boobies. By the way. <laughs> Um, I just don't know what, but I, I like it. it. It's just, I don't know. You know. Jim, Jim Malin anyway. is mostly famous for uh, his Catwoman series, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I've since found those really cheap, like maybe in Dollar Comics or something, bought a bunch of them. Are they any good? Yet, though. Oh, okay. I haven't read them. Um, Maria and Mike have both read them. They like them, but. Um, Who wrote those? So and now I'm, I'm sorry. Who wrote those? The, uh, the, the Catwoman. Uh, Was it Minch? Uh, Maybe. I can't remember. That might be worth reading. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't buy them when they came out. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to reading them once I sort of complete the run. I don't have much more to go. Um, and then I'm currently reading uh, Savage Sword of Conan Volume 1, uh, which sort of like the regular series too. Barry Windsor Smith drew the first couple of issues or whatever. And then, you know, eventually John B. Sima took over. And if... I've said it a million times, but if any of these digital artists now want to see what real art looks like, go back 40 years or so, 45 years and look at this stuff. And it's like these, these artists were drawing it every month or every other month or whatever, and not being replaced by fill-in artists very often. Right. And it, they're detailed. It's beautiful, beautiful art. And I've, I've always thought this, if you cannot reprint something in black and white hmm. um, because it's, you know, digital art or whatever, then you, it shouldn't exist in my opinion. Um, unless it's painted, unless it's painted, but, um, for comic books. Yeah. 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 Unless it's painted. Um, right. But just digital, I like digital album art and stuff. And, and, and Warhammer uses a lot of digital art in their source books, but digital comic book art. I just, I just don't like for some reason, you know, maybe it's just me. I don't know. No, I think sometimes it looks really, um, stiff and robotic. I mean, it just, it, I was about to say that. Well, yeah, it, it doesn't have it doesn't have a sense of movement 
to it. No, or or style. Um, mm. If you look at the halfway de- like the the art that looks decent, this digital, I can't tell one artist from the next. Um, and then there's the really bad digital art that's just a bunch of you know little line work and no shading, no nothing. It's just I don't know. I just don't like it. But again, who knows? Just just my opinion. What have you been reading? Well, not nearly as much as you've been reading. Not nearly as much. Uh, it has. Uh, I so my my. I, although I have been doing comic book related things, so I, we'll we'll connect to those in a minute. The first thing I've read that I'm really really enjoying is uh, Ice Cream Man. I've read the mm-hmm. first two volumes, which I think is the first eight issues of that, and that's written by someone I have absolutely no idea who he is. W. Maxwell Prince. Uh, were you aware of yeah, this no, person? He writes Ice Cream Man. All right. And it's illustrated. I don't don't know who he is. Yeah. Illustrated by Martin Morazzo and Chris O'Halloran. And I think I'm getting that right. Um, And it's almost impossible to explain what that series is. I don't know what it is. At first, I thought it was uh, like an adaptation of the uh, B-movie Ice Cream Man horror movie that came out, you know, 20-something years ago with... uh, Clint Howard as the ice cream man bad guy. Um, but I don't think, and, and, but I mean, it, I don't think it has any relation to that apparently, but, um, but I don't know. I have no idea. I, I have no idea what this comic book is about, but you're, it's very good. It is very good. It kind of came out of nowhere and it's, it's got a title that is not particularly interesting or intriguing. And, uh, I started, started reading it. I couldn't finish. I mean, I just couldn't stop reading just, uh, right. So I read those, um, <clears throat> and I read the third volume of the Sumerian. Uh, we've talked about this before cause I've read the yeah. first two volumes. Um, <clears throat> this is the attempt to be very literal in the translation of Conan from what Robert E. Howard wrote to the, to the comic book page. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's it's pretty much a translation of Howard's stories. So uh, I enjoy them, I, mostly because I like kind of seeing what the source material, the original material was like. Uh, but that's really all I have read. I know it's been a long uh, time since we've recorded, but I haven't. I have not read very much. I have uh, yeah, con- well. c- continued my fascination with Marvel Snap. And I'm now also playing uh, Marvel Midnight Suns. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm I'm still in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just in a different way. That's right. That's right. So yeah, it all ties uh, together. Yeah, it does. And we're in. So we're in episode thirty-five, and uh, this is recorded first couple of weeks of December of twenty twenty-two, and uh, we've had Thanksgiving. And now we're heading into the Christmas season. So I thought, what better opportunity to explore absolute turkeys in comic books? So uh, my so my my uh, topic for the day was the absolute worst comics that you have ever read. I don't even know if I when I started trying to put a list together, David, I I I, I felt kind of overwhelmed about what I could say or what I wouldn't say. So I'm really interested in what you came up with and what your list is like, because there could be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
I tried to come up with some different stuff because we've already talked about Totally Awesome Hulk, which is, in my opinion, <laughs> the worst. And like Secret Wars 2 and stuff. But not, I don't know how much we talked about Secret Wars 2, but I, I just, my way of thinking was I'm just going to come up with some other bad stuff. And, you know, I got, yeah. I got like four different ones. Um, I'm going to start off with uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, the one from 1990, mm. uh, written and drawn by your favorite Jim Valentino. <laughs> <laughs> the the king of Shadowhawk, mm. uh, the creator of that. Now, so Jim Valentino ranks right up there, uh, in my opinion, with Al Milgram. Absolutely. Um in terms of art, it's, it's, it's like they, it's like they shouldn't be drawing or writing for that matter. <laughs> and and they somehow if have a an name. Artist, your writing is going to be worse than your art. How, how do they, yeah. how do they have yeah, a name? I, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. But it, so they gave him this book and, and it lasted for like 60 issues. And I don't know why. I don't know who bought it. But it's almost like the editor was like, I just don't. I don't care what you do with this, you know, just, just, just right. But you know, this was before the current team uh, of the guardians of the galaxy that's been around for about 20 years. This is before that. Um, so it featured the original, you know, Mark Martin X, Vance Astro, Nikki Yandu, uh, Alita, Starhawk and Charlie 27. Well, I, to this day, I don't know what Charlie 27 even means, but <laughs> It was just so bad. It, it it eventually, you know, it it lasted a long time, but it, it started featuring, you know, it took place in the future and it started ve- featuring like futuristic versions of like a, you know, a Wolverine or maybe a Punisher. And maybe, maybe I'm just making this up, but I mean, it's, it started taking the easy route mm-hmm. and just, right. you know, saying, oh, well, let's, let's show you what these futuristic versions look like. And that's, you know, not, not creative at all. It's uh, it, the funny thing is. Not only do I have some of the issues, because I think I found a bunch of them in like the quarter boxes many, many, many years ago. And, you know, again, I find stuff fun to read, no matter how bad it is, if I have a lot in a row. Um, but they were awful. I, I have I've had the trade paperbacks that I got for cheap that reprint the whole series. And I think I've read two of them. And it's really hard for me to build up the desire to continue reading them. <laughs> um, but I have so many trade paperbacks and omnibuses that I, we literally we, as in, I get Maria to roll a 20-sided die and a 10-sided die. It goes up to 200, and that that tells me what I'm reading next. So, you know, if it lands on Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm going to have to read it, which is what happened when I read the second one, you know, however long ago, a year or two ago. Um, but it was it was such a bad series. And it, it to last 60 issues, even in the 90s, when things were so bad, I don't know how this lasted as long as it did. Did you ever read any of them? I did not. I've never been interested in the Guardians of the Galaxy, and which is interesting because the 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 films have been pretty good, and I've, I've enjoyed them. But I, yeah. I find I, we've had this, I think we had this conversation in the last episode when we talked about cosmic characters. I just That just doesn't interest me particularly, like characters in space in the Marvel universe just really doesn't do much for me. Which is funny because I always thought you as more of a science fiction person than a fantasy person. I am, but not with Marvel for whatever reason, okay. not, not with, and 
and it's been fine with DC. I'm good with that. Like I love the fourth world and the, the you know, Lobo and uh, the Legion, uh, Legion 89 and all of those things that were out in space. I loved all of those things, but it just, when it comes to Marvel in space, I am not interested. Gotcha. I have no idea yeah, why. I'm not a, well, I'm not a huge Guardians fan. I, I, I do like them, but they're not like one of my favorites. Um, and I think both versions of them, this this old original version of the members I like, and then the newer team that I think Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning uh, mm-hmm. helped create. I think it's a very good team, a completely different team, but I think it's very good. Um, and it works well in the movies, but I don't know. I, it, it This was just one of the worst things I've ever read. There was no purpose for it. it you don't even care what happens because it's in sort of like an alternate future. So, Blech. you know, it's not really affecting anything. If, um, you know. And who's the uh, character that looks oh, like he's made out of glass? That's Martin X. Martin X, which sounds like something you'd have done at a dry cleaners. <laughs> or a type of watch. <laughs> Well, what's uh, what's your one of your uh, worst ones? You know, there's been that's part of my problem is that a lot of the ones that I was thinking of are ones that we've talked about before. And I was trying to come up with something a little different. So I'm going to start with one that if you didn't read it, you'll certainly know who the creator is. And that is U.S. War Machine. (laughs) Do you remember this? Yeah, I, I don't think I read it, but I know what you're talking about. So this was written and drawn by, do you remember who? I do not. Chuck Austin. <laughs> he wrote and drew it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That came out uh, like maybe 20 years ago. Or 2002. Something. 15, 20 years ago? Yep. Uh, it, 20 years ago, yeah. Yep, yep. It is... Uh, one of the early Marvel Max comics. And uh, so they just, you know, feel the need to just uh, have all kinds of gore for no reason. Uh, The art is, um, well, it's Chuck Austin. So take that for what it's worth. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, it's, it's filled with expletives and uh, violence, but there's no real reason for it. It's just, and it's black and white for some strange reason. Um, Just a real dog of a comic. It was 12 issues of just basically the same thing over and over and over and over again. Um, And Austin's art, it, it just looks kind of childish. I don't know any other way to say it. Is it, was it digital also? Cause he was one of the early ones that did this digital crap. He, when he drew Electra that Bendis wrote. Yeah. Was it digital or yeah. could you, could, did it look hand drawn? No, it, it was, it definitely, now that you say that and I think back to that, it was absolutely digital. Uh, at what? So why did you read these is my question. I have no idea. At the time, I had no idea who Chuck Austin was. Uh, anyway, you had this new Max line of comics that Marvel was doing. I was like, well, you know, this might be. I, <clears throat> I'm interested in the that War Machine character. And it was black and white. There were a couple of things about it that seemed kind of interesting, something different. Uh, well, it was different, all right. 
Uh, um, yeah. Well, here's a fun fact. He drew an issue or two of Alan Moore's Miracle Man way back when. Uh, what was his name? First name's the same. Chuck Beckham. Yes. Beecham, Beckham. Yeah. One of the two. Um, yep. And and his art wasn't bad because he was actually drawing, you know, hand drawing. Right. It wasn't good, but it wasn't it wasn't bad. I mean it it you know, it was fine. Um but yeah, his digital stuff and his his, his writing, he's probably the worst writer in the history of comic books, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah. He uh I mean I've never read any of his X-Men stuff, but it's apparently it's legendary in how horrible it is. Yeah, he had uh I probably said this before, but he had Scott Summers and Emma Frost making out in front of Jean Grey's grave. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can see Emma Frost doing that. Cyclops, as big of a jerk as he is, he's still not going to do Who does that, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, those were the, the worst X-Men I've ever read. And, you know, so. All right. What you got next? So, yeah. Any, any other, any? No. I'm sorry. No. I said, what, what do you have next? Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, next, I have the New 52 Constantine series. There was actually uh, three of them. Mm. Um, three? The first one lasted three. The first one lasted 23 issues. I didn't realize it lasted that long. It was uh, written by Ray Fox and maybe Jeff Lemire, although, you know, whenever you see a sort of an unknown name, and a popular name, the popular one didn't anymore write it than I did, you know? Right. But so I'm just going to, I'm just going to blame it on Ray Fox. Um, Cause I know what Jeff Lemire can do, but um, it was drawn by uh, Ming Doyle. Mm-hmm. No, 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 it was not. It was not. I don't know who drew it. A bunch of different people drew it. Let me, uh, forget the Ming Doyle. That's the next series. Um, but it, it came out in 2013. Uh, when you try to bring Constantine into the DC universe, and yes, I under I know he was he came from the DC universe uh, from the Swamp Thing series that Alan Moore wrote, um, but you know then he got his own Vertigo series and he he was still I guess sort of in the DC universe but sort of not because Swamp Thing you know would every now and then show up or something. But when you try to put him fully into the DC universe, to me the character just doesn't work, mm-hmm. especially when you have him in America and you know have him on in the justice league dark, none of that works for me. And this was a horrible, horrible series, um, which it was canceled and immediately replaced by one by, here we go. Ming Doyle and James Tanyan, Tanyan, mm-hmm. Tanyan. I don't know. Again, James Tanyan had nothing to do with it. Obviously it was written by Ming Doyle, um, drawn by the God awful Riley Rossmo. Um, before Riley Rossmo developed this really ugly, ugly style, it wasn't too bad in this Constantine book, but it lasted 13 issues and then it died. And then, then they changed its name to Hellblazer <laughs> mm-hmm. in 2016 and it lasted for 24 issues and it was slightly better written by Simon Oliver and drawn by Moritat. Um, but again, it, it still wasn't good. Um, you know, get him, get him out of the D, out of the main DC universe and back in, Europe and you know London and the grimy streets and all that and right and have him less superhero-y um and they eventually did a couple of years ago there was a it wasn't vertigo anymore because that doesn't exist but it was considered a part of the Sandman universe and they 
started putting out a new Hellblazer comic book that was in the Vertigo style. And I really liked it and was so happy and it didn't last a year, you know, so who knows. But anyway, so did you read any of those uh, Constantine series? I think I read maybe the first couple and then just disconnected entirely. I, I a lot of the new 52 <laughs> I was not interested in. Yeah. I'll buy anything, any Constantine or Hellblazer comic book. Cause I have every issue of everything mm-hmm. of that. So I'll always buy them, but they just don't need to exist in my opinion, unless they're a part of that vertigo style universe, you know, uh, yeah. mature reader type stuff. Yeah. Uh, if, oh, what's your next one? And if they're, man, let me just say, if, if they're not, if they are part of the DC universe, he needs to be used extremely sparingly like he was in Swamp Thing. Correct. I agree. All right. My next one is, uh, well, I'm the swing for the fences here is, uh, from 2001. It's the dark Knight strikes again. This is the, uh, <laughs> the Frank Miller. I, I was, I was tempted between all-star Batman and Robin and dark Knight strikes strikes again, both of which are, I don't know how low Frank Miller can go, but that's pretty low. Both of those are pretty low. Dark Knight strikes again, mm-hmm. I will say, is a little more entertaining to read than all-star Batman and Robin. But uh, I'd have to say it's one of the lowest points of Frank Miller art that I have ever seen. It's uh, You can really tell that Klaus Johnson wasn't working with him. Yeah. Um, it's really like, looks like it was done in a hurry. Um Lynn Varley's coloring just is not nuanced at all. I, I I mean, it was as if it really kind of feels like when you read it, that he's just making a buck. He's just, you know, not in it to, to do anything interesting, uh, but just sort of in it to write a quick superhero story and uh, get in, get out. Yeah. You you hit the nail on the head. He was, it was a paycheck and yep. I'm sure he was way overpaid. It was mainly just a bunch of pinups, you know, yep. a bunch of giant panels and no story whatsoever. And it it was, yeah. I mean, comparing it to the first one, I mean, there's just, there are two completely different things, you know? Um, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, he didn't want to do it. There was obvious he had no, no passion in it. Right. Interestingly, I've read some of the other sequel dark Knight books that he hasn't, he's written, but hasn't done the art for. Yeah. And some of those are actually okay. Yeah. Uh, they're, yeah, I agree. They're a little better, but that, that dark Knight strikes again, uh, is just a waste of time. And it's, it, it's particularly coming on the heels of the original dark Knight returns. I mean, that's just something, just leave it alone. Just walk away. Right. Well, you know, he's, I'm sure he was given a lot of money for it. So he's probably like, fine, I'll do it. Whatever. <laughs> All right. They probably begged him to do it, you know? All right. Who's next? So, next. Oh, man. <laughs> next is Fantastic Force from 1994. <laughs> it lasted 18 issues. Wow. This is, I believe, when this Heroes Reborn was going on, where Marvel was such a crappy company, they couldn't even keep their main titles going, so they sort of pushed them off on the image people with Fantastic Four and Avengers and Iron Man, Captain America. Um, 
So, well, if there's no Fantastic Four in the Marvel Universe, let's put out Fantastic Force, <laughs> written by Tom Tom Brevoort, who I, he normally like an editor or something. Yep. Tom Brevoort and Mike Kentorovic. Never heard of him. Uh, drawn by Dante Bastianoni. Woo! Never heard of him. Features Psylord, uh, who... <laughs> Who was Franklin Richards, who was abducted, abducted by his grandfather, Nathaniel Richards, who was taken into the future and trained to be a warrior. Oh, God. So, a psychic warrior. Um, so, when he came back in Fantastic Force, he was, you know, I guess in his 20s or something. I don't know. How many times um, have they done some variation of that with 200. Franklin? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm just not a big fan of Franklin Richards anyway. I, nobody, you know, he's just... Who knows? But um, then it also featured uh, Vibraxis, <laughs> Huntera. They sell those and, at the adult stores. They do. Uh, I have one in my car. Oh, God. Um, leave it alone. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do not have a Vibrax. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening to Wahahaka. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Devlore. Devlor was the other one. These characters, what in the world? Devlor, Huntera, Vibraxis, and Psylord. It sounds like members of the Herculoids or something. <laughs> you know, not even that good. No, not. I mean, Herculoids was fine. Yeah, right, this, right. This, it's like okay, you cannot sell the Fantastic Four, so you push them off on the Image people. <laughs> but you could, but you think Fantastic Force is going to sell mm. with written and drawn by people no one has ever heard of in their life. <laughs> With members that have not appeared since, other than Franklin Richards. So it was, and I've read a few. I don't, I, there's no way I'm reading all 18 unless I, you know, find them in a dime box or something. And even then, I'm not sure if I'll ever read them. Life's too short. But life is too short. And at this age, I'm really, you know, filling the, the, uh, What's the word? I don't know what the word is. It's like it's like I don't have time to to yeah. waste on on right, uh, right. Fantastic Force. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever read any? No, no. But that that reminds me of that. Um, the only thing that comes close to that in my mind from DC is the Justice League Task Force. Yes, Th that's, I have those. That's similar to me, right? That's another one where they just threw a bunch of creators on there and they all have the same expression on their face. All the characters have the yeah. same expression on their face, which looks somewhere between rage and constipation or, uh, <laughs> or hemorrhoids or I, you know, I, it, it's, they all look like that. It's that, uh, yeah. Terrible time for comics. Terrible time. Yeah. And, just the word force in a title. <laughs> yes. And this is, this is true for me. I'm not making this up in my head. When I hear the word force, I immediately hate it. It's like, there are certain words I hate force, <laughs> uh, max <laughs> stuff like that. I don't like it. It just, it's, it's such a lame, uh, thing to put in a comic book title. You know, it, I don't know creativity, no nothing. And it just, it, it just screams extreme, <laughs> and you know, extreme comics are awful. Everybody knows that. So it's the nineties. Anyway, yeah. You're right. You're right. All right. So And I and and looking at looking at my list, I don't Left. see a lot of difference mm -hmm. between the nineties and the early two thousands. That was a bad time as well. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, um, I let's see, where do I want to go? I'm going to go here because uh, <laughs> because I just have to, and that's a little book that I like to fondly re- remember as Hero Sandwich. <laughs> did you ever actually read that thing? I did not, but I have done I have done more than that, David. I have researched the hell out of this book. Um it is <laughs> it had a long lifespan. I don't really know why. Uh it started in 1987, which was apparently when I was coerced into buying it at a at, I was at there a, when you bought it, right? <laughs> it's written by Dan Vado. With art by, mm-hmm. guess who? Chuck Austin. It, absolutely. He co-created, he co-created Hero Sandwich. So even then, the, one of the earliest things he did was a pile of crap. <laughs> was he Austin then or Beecham? Beecham. Wow. So <laughs> probably after Hero Sandwich is when he said, you know, I got to change my name to try to distance myself Start fresh absolutely yeah absolutely and he got worse so uh, yeah. you know and but apparently it, it sold enough to have i mean there are you can go on amazon right now and buy a compilation trade what? paperback of hero sandwich issues i can't get a darn trade paperback of something like grim jack or something good why why is right. hero sandwich oh. and trade paperback J.M. Demetrius did a terrific run on the Spectre. You can't get it. <laughs> you can't get it, but you can sure enough get Hero Sandwich. <laughs> Why? It's amazing. Pretty soon, I'm sure. I'm sure there's going to be a streaming series of it too. You know, Hero Sandwich. Please on Netflix. Don't, don't say that. Really don't. Yes. I, I'm asking. Let's you. let's start. Let's start like sort of demanding this, and just you know, going all over our podcast, all over you know Facebook, all over social media, and just say, we want a hero sandwich TV show, or we just want a hero sandwich. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> hero sandwich. You paid money for that. You I, paid full price for that. I, I did. in front of me, but David, I was laughing at you, and you David. still bought it. David, clearly I'm not the only person. And at least, at least I only bought one issue. True. After that, you were probably so disgusted with yourself. You're just like, you know, I I got, I got to do better. (laughs) Well, you know, at the same comic store around that same time as when, you know, Miracle Man number one came out and there was one copy left and the owner said, you should buy this. It's Alan Moore. It's great. I have one copy left. It's only like a dollar. It's cheaper than the average comic. If you don't buy it, I could care less because I know I'm going to sell it. But I'm just telling you, buy it. Did I buy it? No. But you, <laughs> and I've read it since I have it, but not at the time. But you bought Hero Sandwich. <laughs> but, but you won't read Cowboy Wally. I knew it was coming back to that. <laughs> I almost put that on my work. On my, it tur- always does. I almost put that on my list of turkeys just to irritate you. I would have. <laughs> I would have never done this podcast again. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, I would have. I would have. I like abuse, but... All Do right. you have anything more to say about Hero Sandwich? I mean, there's really nothing. I never read it except to flip through it and go, <laughs> this is the worst looking thing I've ever seen in my life. And then it just, you know, it went to the back of a of a long box somewhere. Next to your Fish Police comic book. Oh, I forgot about that, too. But I don't think I had any of I those. actually have an issue or two. It was actually not not terrible. Oh, David. I didn't buy but one issue. But Fish Police. Compared to Hero Sand... Compa- <laughs> I mean, it wasn't good. It just wasn't terrible. Like Hero Sandwich. I mean, I did read it. But that's that's back then when everything was an animal. True. And there were a million indie comic books. And sometimes they hit, sometimes they didn't. I mean, you, you know, you get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles becomes like amazingly still exists 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 <laughs> amazingly still exists amazingly still exists in the world and uh you know and so i think everybody was just you know putting some kind of uh anthropomorphic animal in their comic in the hopes that they might have another hit like that yeah and it didn't work oh no not at all so do you have anything else I have one more. Okay. This this comic just makes me mad. <laughs> it's by a good creative team. It's a, it's a a mini series, but it just makes me it it I, I burns have, me up. Chris. I, have a, I don't know any other way. I have a guess, and if I'm right, what would your guess be? Okay. What would your guess be? All right. Well, let me see. First of all, before I make a total fool of myself, is this a DC book? It's Marvel. Well, nope. <clears throat> Okay. Okay. It's Civil War from 2006. I get it. Possibly the worst miniseries that has ever, ever come out <laughs> or ever will come out. Written by Mark Miller, who, okay, good writer, obviously. It's drawn by Steve, Steve McNiven, good artist. They got, you know, their top talent on it. And I'm not blaming Miller or McNiven on this at all because... Big company-wide crossovers are usually not created by the creative team that does them. It's by, you know, just a bunch of editors that all work for Marvel coming together and coming up with some big story, probably. Right, right. Not that I know anything about what I'm talking about, but I would guess that's the case. So no, no blame to the good creative team on here. But you had the Superhero Registration Act, which meant that all superheroes had to... uh tell the government who they were, who their secret identities were. It had to register with them and all this. And uh, half the superheroes were like, there's no way I'm doing this. And and that was sort of led by Captain America, who sort of weird because everybody knew who he was. But regardless, right. he was like, no, we're not doing that. Right. Uh, Iron Man, who was the rebel and the jerk of the Marvel Universe was like, oh, yeah, let's let's follow the law and let's do this. So that didn't make any sense. Right. So then... Half of the Marvel Universe is fighting the other half of the Marvel Universe over this, which that doesn't make any sense. And they're just beating the crap out of each other. And Iron Man's trying to arrest his friends from, you know, 50, 60 years ago. You know, I mean, I think the worst part of it is that they the way they characterize Reed Richards. Yeah. Like he's a like like a Nazi scientist or something who, you know, develops torture oh, yeah. devices and prisons and all of it. Like what, what? 
What? Yeah. I, I have I have something to add to that too. I'm 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 getting there. It, it it was it was the most out of character thing I've ever read in my life. Um so speaking of Reed Richards, he and Tony Stark and Hank Pym created a Thor clone called oh, Ragnarok. Yeah. Thor clone. Why would you do this, first of all? Why? But anyway, they did it. I guess to fight on their side and the Thor clone killed Goliath. <laughs> killed uh right. Dr. William Foster, who was who Of course granted, never showed up much, but I always liked him and of, he's he's a cool uh, character. Of, I mean I'm uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw my politics in here. Of course they killed the black character. <laughs> right? <laughs> of course. Right. Of course. Like because yeah. you know that's the character you that's can throw. That's the character you can throw away. That's true. Well, <laughs> yes, you're 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 right. I mean, and it's like so they killed him. You're right. You're right. Mar- now Marvel wouldn't do that now because uh, <laughs> completely different Marvel than it was then. But uh, yeah, you're right. And so this character who was never used enough, but who who I'll, first of all you're killing a character that nobody the average reader probably doesn't know about. So first of all, the average reader doesn't care. You know, I liked the character, but right. the average reader doesn't know who he is. So it wasn't that big of a shocker anyway. Second of all, you had Reed and Tony and Hank create a Thor clone that killed him. And they're murderers. They didn't want him to kill him. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but they are responsible for the death of Goliath and no one cared. No one held him responsible for it. It did sort of change the way Tony Stark and them thought about the whole civil war thing. And it sort of made a sort of changed their minds and led to, okay, you know, let's resolve this. But since then you have three big characters in the Marvel universe who are literally murderers and (laughs) no one cares. No one held him responsible for it. They don't even feel bad about it. Yeah. And it it was, it was, it was horrible. And you have horrible story. Peter Parker, who is like the conscience of the entire Marvel universe. And he's following Tony Stark. And another uncharacteristic thing. He admitted to the world that he's Spider-Man. Peter Parker admitted to the world that he's Spider-Man, which he wouldn't do in a million years. He has spent, all of his career trying to protect his identity because he doesn't want people dying around him. I mean, Gwen died right, pretty much because of him. And <laughs> it's like, there's not, you could offer him $5 billion and I don't care if he was living in a gutter, he would not admit that he's Spider-Man ever for right. any reason. Right. And this was such a bad a bad idea that eventually he had to make a deal with Mephisto to snap his fingers and go, okay, well I'll, I'll take this memory away from the entire planet, but I'm going to make you and Mary Jane never be married. You know? So it's like, that was such a bad Marvel idea that they had to do an even worse Marvel idea with that whole one more day or yep. you know, whatever it was called. Yep. I don't know. That's on, that's on a lot of worst lists too. Yeah. Um, because it's entirely arbitrary and fake. You've got this, uh, you've got this situation that they created in civil war because it was, uh, controversial. It was something, you know, kind of 
new and different, but then they had no way out of it except to right. just retroactively just say, Oh, oops, didn't happen. Right. Yeah. That's, that's why when big names, and again, I don't know if it was Mark Miller or uh, Warren Ellis or somebody, but years in, I'm not even going to say who it was. It's somebody like that or one of those two. But years ago in an interview said, you know, Marvel and DC comics are so limited because, you know, they just keep to the iconic, you know, characters of the uh, characteristics of these characters and they never move them forward. Well, this is why you don't move them forward. You know, this is why you don't. This is you have an iconic character. You cannot change them to the point of no return, because once you do, you have to go to Mephisto and say, hey, wipe it out of continuity and that's why you don't do it because you end up with a horrible story like that so yeah see i'm getting all riled up over civil war (laughs) now i don't don't know what the movie was like i didn't see the movie it may have been great i don't know but the comic book worst thing i've ever read in my life ever the movie did a lot of fixed a lot of that i mean there's there's element there's elements of it that are uh, that are, you can recognize it, you know, you can recognize story elements from the comic, but I mean, in general, yep. it, it didn't go to the scale of the comic, you know, it was, it was a little more personal. Yeah. Um, and it, it, they fixed it. If you really want to know the truth, in you know, my opinion, if they, if you're going to do mm-hmm. a civil war story, it needs to be a little tighter. It's not necessarily, you know, every single, we're not throwing every single character against each other. So, yeah. Uh, and why would every character, why, why would people yeah, just, yeah. like a lot of the heroes just sort of lay low and say, I'm not even getting involved in this. Right. Right. <clears throat> uh, I've got some, If th- that's your last one, correct? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. You I got some qu- quick takes. These are ones we've probably mentioned in previous episodes with the exception of one thing that I want to come to. So these are just quick takes. Ones that I, uh, so you got the two big event books of the early 90s death of superman and nightfall batman both of those Mm -hmm. i think are turkeys i just absolutely do um oh yeah they are and and that uh azrael version of batman that has to be one of the worst costumes ever designed yeah i have no idea why wouldn't it be dick grayson that became batman you know and and who designed that costume do you have any idea probably let's blame chuck austin (laughs) <laughs> that's going to be the subtitle of our uh of our podcast it's going to be wahaha cast blame chuck austin and max allen collins uh <laughs> death of Milgram, death of superman by. was uh there's like no story to it um nope they create a character instead of having something justified i mean a, a character like mongol or a character who probably could get into a dark side, for example, uh, they create this beast that has no, you have no connection to it. It's just a thing. And they just beat each other for page after page after page. Uh, I just, I mean, that, that was the, even more so than nightfall death of Superman was just a complete waste. And everyone knew he was coming back eventually. So it's right. Right. Why would you even care? It was just a complete money grab and a way to create some new characters in the Superman universe. The uh, next one I have is the uh, Grunewald Captain America. 
which for some bizarre reason is heralded by many as a great and classic run. <laughs> I don't get it. But I love to read them. I love, <laughs> love, love to read them. Why? As bad as they are. Why? But here's why I read comics. You know, I mean, yes, I like a good story. I like a great story, but... You know, every issue just had these colorful costumes in it and these B and C list villains. I don't like the A list. If I never see Lex Luthor again, I'll be the happiest man alive. Well, you know, true I enough. don't want to see these villains. I want to see people I don't get to see much. So he threw a bunch of those unknowns in there and he, it was so, it was poorly done. They were terrible. But every issue you're getting just different villains and and I just there was something about it I love okay I hate them and I love them at the same I, time I am going to make a task for myself to go back and try to read some of these and see what my that'll be a task all right what my uh how many it's a bunch of issues isn't it he wrote it for like 13 years or something good god all right I'm gonna make an effort I'm gonna see <laughs> I'm going to see how long I can withstand it. <laughs> so let me just get, let me, let me get something straight, Chris, before we go any further. <laughs> I got to clear my throat because I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to lay the truth. <laughs> You're going to read something that is clearly awful. And, and you're going to keep going until you just can't take it anymore. But you will not, <laughs> after 40 years, read Cowboy Wally. <laughs> hey, I want you to explain that to me, Chris. I don't know, but I would really love to meet. I would like for the two of us <laughs> to meet Kyle Baker and explain this to him, which I think he might actually appreciate just the, the sheer audacity of this whole situation and that I, I'm right now, as I'm speaking to you, David, I am looking at that book. It's right there staring. At me. Um, but if you met Kyle Baker, you might actually say, you know what? I'm in the mood to read it now. So I'd, yeah, let's, let's figure out how to interview Kyle Baker. I'd get him to sign it and right underneath it say, never read this. <laughs> almost choked on the drink I was drinking. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that my, my last one is another book that if I've read this, I must've forgotten about it because all right. Talk about a decent creative team written by James Robinson, who has written some great stuff, right? Yeah, Justice boy. League yeah, boy. cry yeah. for justice. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't even know what that is. I think it sounds familiar. I don't know if I've read it or not. I don't I don't have a recollection of it. Um this was a book. It was like a mini series and it involves some character. This was this weird era where I this is the same era that uh Identity Crisis came out. Okay. And, and it was this sort of like weird take on the justice league, like being really brutal, like having like 
all this violence in it. Uh, this is this one. Cry for Justice has Prometheus in it, who was a Grant Morrison character, um, and they just like murder him. Uh, uh, <laughs> Roy Harper murders him, um, and then there's a follow up that's called The Rise of Arsenal, where his like his arm get uh, Arsenal's arm gets torn off, and I mean it's just this like horrible, <laughs> brutal. Uh, so you need to go back and look for that. I think we need that needs to be a project of ours too, is to go back and read Cry for Justice and the Rise of Arsenal because it's supposed to be just the absolute most like depressing, worst version of the Justice League. A member of the Justice League murders somebody. <laughs> <laughs> So, and they were they were apparently fine with this. I mean, did did anybody like say, "Oh my gosh, you just killed somebody"? We got to go they... back. And, we got to go back and find this and read it. We we really do. Yeah, because you had that was it was it uh, Infinite Crisis or whatever where Doctor Light, you know, that was abused. Identity Crisis. Yeah, Identity Crisis. Yeah, so doc- and right. So they went and erased, you know, Doctor Light's memory. I think and Batman and Justice League. Yeah, and they the Justice League has such a problem with it. And I'm like, first of all, I never had a, any problem with it. Yes, yes. If you have a chance to erase someone's memory, do it. You know, that's going <laughs> to help things. I'm, you know, I have no problem with it. But in this cry for justice, you can go, you know, kill somebody and that's fine. So, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, so we'll, uh, yeah, let's revisit that for sure. Yeah, okay. That and then the follow-up, which was written by J.T. Kroll, is The Rise of Arsenal. <laughs> J.T. Crawl. I mean, I, I like the <laughs> You know, a name is everything. If you have a stupid sounding name, you can you can bet that you're not going anywhere as a writer. Right. I mean, have you found that true? Well, maybe, but you know, Dick Sprang sure <laughs> sure had a career. Well, the women loved it, but uh, All right. I guess he did, didn't he? Uh, yeah. So okay, so um, I have no trivia for this for this week because I'm just that what? sorry. However, I did uh, I because I am also that sorry. I came up with a with a question for us to to leave with today. All right, so All right. Uh, since we're dealing with turkeys uh, and uh, coming out of Thanksgiving, going into Christmas, where a lot of people are going to have some time at home to watch movies and tv shows i want you to tell me what you think is the worst superhero movie ever made all of them no um, <laughs> let's see that's a popular you know my opinion. opinion yeah yeah okay you know, let me see um well i haven't seen this movie so i don't want to judge it if i haven't seen it but i mean the steel movie with was it Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal or something? Yes. I'd, I I I mean I watch again. I watched Amityville Thanksgiving. Okay, right. Um, but I'm not watching Steel. I'm not ever watching it. Um, I can only assume it's horrible. So that'll that'll be my my number one horrible. What what's yours? Well, I mean, there's one that's so far either above or below, depending on how you want to look at it. And that is the the first, I believe, 1980s Captain America movie. 
Oh, with the fake ears. With the fake ears and the uh, red skull for absolutely no reason whatsoever playing a grand piano on top of a mountain. <laughs> In what, the Italian? Yes. Not a Nazi. Not a... <laughs> Clearly not, a fascist of some German. sort. Right, right, right. That that's probably yeah. the most uh no, that's not that was not released to the theaters. So it's a, I mean, unbelievably steel was. Uh, but that Captain yeah. America movie was like a straight to video thing just to keep the rights. Um as far as a theatrical release movie, um Spawn would be up there. The Spawn, yeah, the, it wasn't good. The Spawn movie was pretty bad. Um, I, I can't think of any others that come to mind. I haven't seen uh green lantern by oh, I've, who yeah. was it? Like Ron Reynolds. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I heard it was bad, but I really don't know. I have no idea. Um, some things, I mean, are ju- some things are just better to, to just read that it's bad and not experience it. Right. I mean, there, there's so many movies out there that, I personally cannot stand just because they changed everything, but they're also very popular movies and well done for what they are. So there's nothing I can say about them really, but, but yeah, um, that, and the, the fantastic four movie, well, all of them actually, but yeah. the, uh, the very first one that never went to theaters where they were just trying to keep the rights, <laughs> Roger Corman, I think did yep. it. I don't know if you ever saw that. No, but that he was... also, he also did that captain America movie, but it, both oh, of the, both okay. of those are credited to him. <laughs> yeah, the Fantastic Four was so bad, but it was so bad it was funny, you know. Right, so right, I'm I'm fine with bad entertainment. Um, yeah, the thing with something so, like yeah. Spawn or um, Green Lantern is uh, these are like mega million dollar movies, and yeah. they get it so wrong. So, yeah. Well, all right, we'll leave it at that. That's our turkey list. <laughs> we went on a turkey shoot. Turkey list. Uh, we went on a turkey shoot today. Where's the, where's the sound effects to that? I don't yeah, have. Say, I, say it again, but I, with some sound effects. I want you to say it. All right. It was a turkey shoot. <laughs> Chris. Chris. Yes. It was a turkey shoot. hear that all day i know uh, well it's perfect yes i'm as if we're not annoying our listeners enough (laughs) but they stick with us some of them (laughs) (laughs) i think we're trying their patience at this point all right david uh let me remind everybody that we uh we still want your emails we want listener emails and our email address is cast at gmail.com that's b-w-a-h-a-h-a-c-a-s-t at gmail.com send us your musings your questions your topics for future episodes and trust me we will get to them so please send them on to us uh david anything uh, to close out the episode um yes i'm just going to leave with arm war <laughs> And with that, see you, David. (laughs) See you, Chris.
Hello, yeah.